fucking <laughs> your fucking lips going. Close. John made black beans today and he didn't stoke them. What's that smell? It's not my feet. Come close. Welcome to the pod. made it to 2018 can't believe it my dudes joined again with john and keith hey hey we're here doing our uh first podcast of the new year this is our best of 2017 where we'll recap uh some of our favorite uh, releases in 2017 and that includes the tune that you're hearing now the evil has landed by queens of the stone age off of uh their latest release villains John and Keith, you guys have not seen them tour for this record yet, have you? No, they're coming to Texas. Um, they're playing two dates around March and April. One's uh, a standalone thing and then a festival in Houston. Awesome. I was fortunate enough to catch them in the D.C. area uh, shortly after the release of this record. So, Who played with them? Uh, the Royal, Royal Blood. Oh, yeah. I've never seen them before. Me either. Queens? Queens? Nope, never seen them. You saw them with Grohl, didn't you, Jay? Uh, yeah, like one of their first, the first time I ever heard about them, uh, at like an Ozfest back in like '99, I believe. Cool. Mm. That was when I, the they were touring for that uh, rated R record. Yeah, they had the old bass player, um, Nick Oliveri, the bald guy. Yeah. With the big beard. Yep. Yeah. Is he in jail for something? He's he's had trouble with the law. Yeah, this is one of the coolest songs I've heard this year. Yeah, this record was produced by Mark Ronson, so yeah, it took a little while to get used to the new production style. The drums not sounding quite as live. But this 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 song actually turned out a little better than some of the other things. Some of the other ones just sound so compressed. Yeah, I agree. No, when you compare this song to like a new Foo Fighters song, it's <laughs> like like these guys are still making really cool music, but the sky is a neighborhood. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that this album took me, I think, maybe eight listens. Yeah. Before I was like, oh, I get it. It's awesome. I felt that way about the whole album. But yeah. this particular tune just really stood out. Just like, um, uh, what was the single that they had on the radio like two or three years ago? Oh, the the sat, sat By the Ocean? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about the single off the album. The, no. The first one, the bump, da 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 the Feet Don't Fail Me. To. Yeah, that's not, that's not I didn't fun. love that song, but it's yeah. grown on me. Yeah, but that Sat By the Ocean tune, mm-hmm. um, like that, anytime that was on the radio, I couldn't believe it was on the radio. I thought that was like a really cool song for radio. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Mark Ronson um, cover with Kevin Parker and uh, who else was it? 
It was like a YouTube video where they covered that no. theme song. Yeah, you told me about it. It's I, great. I never, never checked it out. Yeah, they changed the feel just slightly, like more of a halftime feel. Yeah. This is like a... It's like an Earthquaker Devices um, advertisement. This, <laughs> this record. Like, the guitars have such cool effects. Mm. Roy Van Leeuwen on guitar. That's so cool. And is it... It's John Theodore, the drummer, the right played with Mars Volta. Yeah, Josh Homme's really got an all-star lineup around him now. Yeah, old dudes can still rock. It gives me some hope. And Mickey Shoes. And Mickey Shoes on bass. Yep. Even if you do have, like, bad haircuts. Yeah. Yeah, I think we originally started out with that uh, the Feet Don't Fail Me song, right, John? And then... And then at uh, Keith's request, we switched it to... Yeah, yeah the way we assembled this, um, it ended up that some people's picks were better than others, so yeah, Keith, Keith had the better song to add to the playlist, so mine got kicked off. Yeah, Feet Don't Fail Me is like the opening song. It's got a really long intro, but yeah. that was the one that really got mm -hmm. me going on the whole album. I would recommend anybody to go watch the live in-studio performance of this on KCRW. It is fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's very good. I've elected to, uh, I'm finally over my hangover from uh, Friday night, so. <laughs> good. Did you return those records? Yes. Luckily, they didn't have a new record. I would have walked away with a with a, with a uh, purchase that I would regret it. <laughs> Everything sounds good after uh, five, five whiskeys. whiskeys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put flanger on a washboard. <laughs> they call that genre that I was listening that I was, that band was. They call it mud stomp. Which I'd never heard before until mm -hmm. I next morning woke up, listened to it, and read their Wikipedia. And uh, John, we're getting into the the next pick, which is yours, which I think was a almost like a feel good hit of the summer for all three of us. I think uh, after we saw them uh, at South by last year. Yeah, yeah, that was such a treat. I'm glad we like sought them out at some weird venues. The first one was like behind an advertising agency on West Sixth Street, GSDM. That little backyard party they had. Yeah. Do you want to intro the song and? Band? Oh yes, yeah, sorry. It's our Stevie Moore with Jason Faulkner, a power pop legend. Well, actually, both of them, I guess. But... I don't know much about this collaboration, really. I mean, our Stevie Moore is kind of known for being like this lo-fi dude that's been recording since the late '60s. Um, and I've heard home, his name home dropped. recording. It's not just like yeah, it's lo-fi because he was doing it all at home. It's like the the father of the home recording movement. Mm -hmm. so he's got 
countless amounts of uh, releases. Yeah, I mean, he says he has like 200, 300 albums yeah. released. Yeah, it's you insane. Know, you know, a lot of them on cassette. Um, and they've been gathered together on compilations and stuff over the years. But yeah, Jason Faulkner started out. Actually, he was in a band that I still have yet to hear. Too, do you know that? It was like an 80s kind of pop band that he was in before he eventually went on to Jellyfish and has a really good solo catalog, too. Mm-hmm. And The Grades with uh, oh, yeah. with John Bryan. No, that, that, was, that show was the highlight of South by Southwest last year. I mean, like, yeah, our Stevie Moore just comes out. He kind of, like, waddled out with these fucking pajama pants. <laughs> Big gray Santa beard. And uh, a really like a, a cheap like '80s Sears bass guitar, and he just like sits down with his music stand. And uh, what did he yell? Oh, yeah, he sat. He sits down, and just goes, "Impeach!" <laughs> and then they just counted off and started. I was like, "This is gonna be interesting." I I don't know really much about him, but yeah, and he had the band Happiness, a British uh, group that was in town for South by, just kind of back him for that whole thing. So it was Faulkner and R. Stevie Moore and. Just these young Brits as the backing band. Uh, he also, the, we saw how many times we ended up seeing R. Stevie Moore two or three times that that festival. Yeah, we saw him over at uh, Cheer Up Charlie's, and they yeah, couldn't that, find him. Yeah, he was like late, <laughs> late showing up to the gig, and then after after their set, uh, what he was like signing autographs, and he would just run the marker all the way up his arm across his face. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's a really fun follow on social media, too. He's really active on, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. He's really cool. I've gone, I've gone back and listened to a lot of his stuff. I mean, only like a fraction of what he's done, but there's a really fun album he did in the mid-70s. It's like R. Stevie Moore plays the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And there's some really cool, like, board-driven fuzz, fuzz guitar tones. I don't think there's any singing on it, too. I think he's just playing, like, all the melodies on kind of these fuzzed-out guitars. and It's really fun. It's one of the best bridges that I've heard in such a long time. Very impressive songwriting. Oh, so it's pretty interesting. R. Stevie Moore did a record recently with Ariel Pink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, once I started digging into him, Ariel Pink was kind of like a guy that, once Ariel Pink started to kind of catch on with, in the blogosphere, he kind of was championing RSTV more a lot. Keith, this is, uh, I think we're moving on to one of your choices now. uh, Yeah. Is this what you call math rock? It's so mathy. Sounds like, sounds like home. Sounds like some DC stuff. Yeah. Mm. This is so, the effects. Yeah, this is Devin Ocampo's um, newest band of of Farrakhet and Medications fame. He's in Beauty Pill too, right? He played drums in Beauty Pill. Um, and Smart went crazy. Arr, I think it was Smart went crazy. I don't know if he ever played with Beauty Pill. It's the same guy, Chad Clark, I think. He 
he's one of the most fun guitar players to watch live. The stuff he pulls off while singing is incredible. It's like really rhythmic, super melodic, and really cool tones too. He usually plays like these, uh, what did he play? Like a Les Paul special with P90s, just cuts through so nice. I, we saw them open, or it was Medication, saw them open for Life and Times. We took uh, Sal there mm -hmm. at the Rock and Roll Hotel in D.C. I think that's the last time I saw him. And then a couple days later, Sal saw Devin in like the local hardware shop. And he texted me, he was all excited. Did you talk to him or just saw him? No, I think he just saw him. Yeah. That Medication's I, duo of mm -hmm. him, him and that drummer were like, they were so tight. Oh, yeah. And they would switch off, too. It was great. Yeah. I think the effects have been playing with Life and Times too, with some of those Midwest tours and Northeast. Yeah, they must have a good relationship. Yeah. I don't think I would still listen to a lot of bands in this vein, but like, Devin just does it for me. Gets me all excited. <laughs> I love all that medication and Barricad album. And he loves mid-period King Crimson. <laughs> that is the coolest period of King Crimson. That's funny because I want the Life and Times to cover Red. I'd oh, love yeah. to hear them do that. <clears throat> you guys are just trying to work that segue, aren't you? Yeah. Is that what's next? Yes. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, cool. Do it. So we actually have the effects opening for the Life and Times on the playlist today. So the next uh, song we have featured on the 2017 Best Of is Group Think by The Life and Times off their self-titled uh, LP from 2017, which I believe is their fifth LP that they have. And this Life and Times is uh, Alan Epley from uh, Shiner and uh, Chris Metcalf, and who's, I'm ashamed to say, he's one of my probably favorite drummers to watch and see live uh because he's so plays so big and uh was he was he in any other projects or yeah. kind of life and time yeah i remember i remember big. listening to his band over 10 years ago looking into it and, I, and i'd have to look it up again i haven't thought about that in a long time yeah i've never thought of him as playing in any other kind of notable band i'm sure he has played mm -hmm. before no, he's probably my favorite drummer to watch live. It's so inspiring. And he's such a tiny little guy. And like you said, he plays mm -hmm. so huge. Yeah, he plays like a, what is it, like a 48-inch uh, kick drum? <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I think he plays a 24-inch bass drum, yeah. which is still big. Smaller than the one I had to play last night with Star Parks, though, which is hilarious. I had to play a 26 but he tunes he tunes them a little bit high too, which I which I like for as big as those drums are. So you get a nice round punch out of it. Some sustain. 
Yeah, this is a band that I kind of drop everything that I'm doing to go see them every time they end up coming around, even if it's a Thursday night and they're playing at midnight or something. Yeah, Chris uh, Metcalf, his other band was called The Stella Lake. Yeah. yeah, I had a burn CD that was like back in the Soul Seek. Do you remember what it was case. like? Um, I mean, it, it fit in with Shiner and all that. I, it wasn't yeah. as cool. Like the drums were great, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how um, how Alan finds all these drummers. Like every drummer he's ever recorded with is the most amazing drummers. Gherkin it. Yeah, Tim Tim Dow. Tim Dow, Jason Gherkin. Yeah. Goes through all the bars in all the Midwest towns, mm. looking for who plays drums. Yeah, the very first Life and Times EP that came out in like 2003. It was like right, I think it was like first year at Towson. That was a different drummer. He's still a good drummer. I can't remember his name, but um, I saw them on that tour. And 2003. They, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have kind of thought it was like six, seven. Yeah, yeah. You had been trying to get me into Shiner for a while. We were actually in Jason's garage one time. I remember you putting on the egg. Yep. And I couldn't really get past the vocal. The music was freaking awesome. Finally, uh, yeah, it was Wes Garcia when I moved out of the Lambert house. Moved over with Wes, Gar Wes Garcia, and that was like one of the first things he kind of turned me on to. So yeah, so this is um, actually don't know how to say his name. Sam Avian, Avian. It's a it's a made up uh, moniker. I don't know. So it doesn't matter if you mispronounce it. Right. I think he said it was like Avian, like um, bird flu. Like no, well that I guess, but the the water bottle brand. Oh, Aquafina. No, that's not how it's pronounced. Oh. Um. Yeah. So once I got into this album, I found out he played Cactus Cafe like a week before I started really getting into this album. But uh, he's he's uh, he's from North Carolina. He's uh, in Brooklyn now. There's a lot of producing, but he was in a band called Celestial Shore that we saw a couple years ago at South by Southwest, and this is his solo stuff. You remember Celestial Shore, Jay? Yeah. 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 I was just uh, trying, I was, sorry, I was in my own headspace for a minute trying to decide if we should. Well, we're doing a podcast, so you should probably get out of your own headspace and get. <laughs> that's a hard, that's a hard task. <laughs> I was trying to decide if we should rehash the uh, Avi Buffalo joke. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's enough of it. That's a good reference to it, and that's, we can leave it there. Yeah, it sounds like Avi Buffalo a little bit. But this is, yeah, this is off a little two-song... I don't know what you call these things these days. Singles, EPs. EP. It's just two new songs that he put up on Spotify. A double A-side kind of thing. But he had a record last year that was really great. And I actually bought when I was out in Colorado on, on record. Do you know when the full-length record comes out? I mean, he's... I, I, it seems like he's tracked it all just from following his Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so I would guess it's out. Maybe summertime. This is kind of a fall sound even dude. So maybe the fall. Are they all seven minute songs? 
Is this seven minutes? No, I think, I think it's like six minutes. It's three minutes and 51 seconds. I think it's 15 minute uh, concept album. So there's some crossover here with um, Here We Go Magic. Oh yeah. Yeah, the drummer from Here We Go Magic is playing on this, as well as the bass player that's played with Here We Go Magic and uh, Hospitality. Okay. Yeah, he is working in a studio up there, and yeah, he's just kind of been doing interesting kind of engineering, producing kind of things for a little while, so it seems like he has a pretty good uh, crew of kind of people to call on for certain things, and I, yeah, here we go, Magic came up in an interview that I had heard with him a little little bit ago, he was talking about the singer solo stuff. I never knew that band all that well. Here we go, Magic. Here we go, Magic. Here we go, Magic. Yeah. up next we got a keith low pick next it's it's a quiet intro grizzly bear quiet intros i think it's a four minute intro actually jeez thanks for picking that song keith oh it's worth it Did you see what their tickets were going for at, at Moody? Like when they came through ACL for... It might have been one of the... Um, what was the festival they had? Sound on Sound? Yeah. It was like 65 bucks. You would have heard about that. Yeah. I would have gone. Because we we, uh, we saw them at Grizzly Bear. Saw them at ACL Live. Really good show. For a taping, right? We did see their taping because they had to redo uh, Sleeping Ute because uh, the PA system popped. It was kind of cool to hear that song again. Yep. I definitely like Shields, the record they put out in 2010. I enjoy that one a lot more than this one. Is that the last one? Mm-hmm. 10? I believe so. Oh, that, that, no. Now that seems wrong. Yep. Um, I was living in Austin when it came out. Oh, it was 20, I think it was 2012. I'm going to look it up just for fun. Yes. But, um, but this album's still pretty cool. This is the song that really stood out. I think this is the second song they released off the record. But their bass player produced this record. I remember, I thought it was you and me, we saw, I think, like, Piebald and Murder by Death. It was like a, a weird billing. But it was I thought, Minus the Bear, Murder by Death. Oh, was it Minus the Bear? It was probably Botch. I think it was Botch. Shields, Shields was 2012. But still, that's a while ago. Yeah, five years between the albums. Um, but yeah, this song is written by Daniel Rosen, which is my favorite of the two. Rosen. Or Rosen. It might be Rosen. Rosen.
Yeah, there's this, great drums. This new album sounds a lot like uh, that transition period of Radiohead, like Kid A, Amnesiac. said this was botch no it's not nearly mathy enough i think botch is opening uh tonight actually no they're probably closing maybe i think they're playing the secret show yeah there's probably like a band that plays really late and then you just gotta hang out when everybody starts clearing out and the lights turn on and then botch will come on actually uh I think the phrase, dude, I think botch is playing next, is the secret phrase to let you stay after closing time at any bar in America. Was it, That was after Braid, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was after that Braid show. Yeah, big shout-outs to Becky Lowe for making us go out and see Braid at 2 in the morning. Big ups, so- Becky. <laughs> it wasn't 2, but it seemed like it that night. I think we were like sitting on the couch at like 10.30. Like, oh, no more South by Southwest, we're done. Yeah, that was at the end of the end of the week. Um, that was my favorite show of that year. Yeah. Yeah, the fun thing about listening to this playlist is trying to think who's gonna maybe come to South by this year. Mm-hmm. Like maybe um actually all these bands are maybe too big for that. I see a couple coming up maybe. I know, I don't see Devin, the effects. I always have that really sad story about seeing them pack up. I was going to see a band on 6th Street and saw Devin packing up his equipment. I missed medications opening up for Mile Marker. So this is uh, Dear Life uh, from Beck off of uh, his latest. I believe it was released in 2017. We'll have to fact check that. It definitely was. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? And, and I'll be honest. I I get to this song and then I don't go further into the into the record. So I haven't given this whole album a listen. Yeah, I just go straight to the song and don't go further yeah. in the record. Yeah, I only like this song from the record too. But is, yeah, I will say I was I was excited for the new record after. Uh, the last couple releases, uh, hearing a little bit more of like the electronic uh, style stuff, and in the single that he released like a year earlier, the like uh, was it like like year? Oh yeah, that that's on this album. Song? Yeah, it's it's, it, it's the, one of the openers of this record. But wow, is it wow? Wow, like wow, yeah. like wow, yeah. Whoa, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I heard that and I was like, oh, that's going to be a cool record, and then. It wasn't, but this song was on it, so that's gave us one thing. Oh yeah, Dreams was the early single. But there was that Wow song. And Wow yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, this album was produced, and I think he co-wrote a lot of the stuff with a guy named Greg Kirsten, who was in The Bird and the Bee. Um, 
I think they also performed most of the record too. When I heard this on KUTX, I immediately thought it was um, Jason Faulkner on lead guitar yeah. because he plays in Beck's live band, and Robert Joseph Manning Jr. is the, who is from Jellyfish is uh, his touring keyboardist. So I just kind of had it pictured. Yeah, you know these power pop dudes helping him on this song, but they had, they had nothing to do with it. Hmm. That guitar part definitely sounds like a Faulkner mm-hmm. guitar. Yeah, it's too. great. Yeah, and the piano is really kind of bouncy. Uh, it reminds me of, like, immediately I was thinking about Figure Eight, yep. Elliot Smith. Not the production, but just, just kind of that right. part. It was also, um, what did Becky say? It reminded her of, like, something off uh, Bowie, like, Oh, You Pretty Things or something, mm-hmm. you know, just that, that piano intro. definitely hear that influence of like that crew that we were talking about with the Grays, Faulkner, Brian, Elliot Smith. Not production wise, but I would love if he did a whole record like this. Yep. I actually thought that's what we were getting. I was a little disappointed. Well, he probably couldn't reach the next level if he uh, produced the whole record like this. In, uh, Scientology. <laughs> Every time I think Beck is cool, I remember <laughs> that. John, one of your picks, buddy. Yeah, this is um, repping the local Texas scene by a Houston band called Birthday Club. Kind of picked up where those left off. I feel like it's kind of a dream pop, slightly angular. It actually played on my birthday this year. The cheer up, Charlie? Yeah. That's cool. I was nearly blackout drunk, so I think they did well. You spent your birthday at the birthday club? Yeah, they played with Star Parts. Oh, nice. And I was laughing before the song came on because this album actually came out in 2016, but I didn't discover them until South by 2017, so I snuck it on there. Oh, cool. Disqualified. You're <laughs> off yeah, the you, ru- you ruined, ruined it. <laughs> and I, I guess think, it's fair game. We can, we can put the Beatles on now. Well, we also found another song that you had on here originally that was a 2016. I'm a cheater. Well, it's funny. When <laughs> we get to the next pick, I'll, I'll explain. Eat words. Is this an EP or a full length? Uh, EP. I mean, it's six, seven songs. Cool. Yeah, they're recording a full length now. Of, um, mm, such I could feel that. Yeah. 
or Sunfold. Reminds me of some of that stuff. Or Paranoid Injured. <laughs> I feel like over, I ran over. What's that? I was just saying. I, I feel like a band like this can can make uh, can quickly go bad, and a band like like bands like Annuals and this seem to make the the right turns when it could go really off the rails. Well, that was and, kind of the thing with Annuals is they just got kind of hooked up on a, a strange sound and just kind of went off the rails with the blibbity bloops. Yeah, I'm excited for this band. Like, seeing them live uh, that one time during South By, and then, um, yeah, in the early summer. Really good live. I just feel confident they're going to keep on the on the straight and narrow. Not pull a Tame Impala or a Unknown Mortal, mortal Orchestra. Add the Sin Sin. Get too dancey. Are they pretty young? I can't really recall. Yeah, from what I can tell. They're probably not this young. Yeah, I was going to say speaking <laughs> young. So this is the Lemon Twigs off their Brothers of Destruction EP that they just put out this year. I wanted to pick something off Do Hollywood, but that came out in 2016. But I believe I started every morning of... 2017 maybe until south by southwest like every morning i'd wake up with um these words that that tune would just mm -hmm. be playing in my head but you know how to follow directions yeah but i follow directions and i think this song's really cool no, <clears throat> i like this song as much as anything off of do hollywood <clears throat> So, Keith, you introduced me to the Lemon Twigs uh, on our drive through uh, California. Through Yosemite. Well, in, on, on, in, the way on the way to, into Yosemite. Yeah, in the, on the way into Yosemite. Yeah, I remember driving by the river and I was yeah. a little car sick in the back. <laughs> I can tell you that now. It, not because of the driver, though. Not because of the driver. I just I, ha I have to ride in the front seat or I have Cause, to be driving. Because I'm what they call a smooth operator yeah. at the wheel. Um, yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, this band, what you're hearing is just uh, these two teenage brothers. I guess they're probably over 20 now, but I, don't, I still don't think they're drinking age. <laughs> um, but these kids are incredible. They're both multi-instrumentalists and write the songs and, and perform all the instruments, switch up the instruments. They're both like incredible drummers. And they've never seen any video of Keith Moon, ever. They have never heard of The Who before. They thought that they made up all their tricks. They were very disappointed when somebody showed them the rock and roll circus. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the son of, they're sons of um, like a, a pop writer in the 70s, Ronnie Diodario. Mm -hmm. 
um, who's sort of in the Emmett Rhodes vein. I've listened to some of that stuff. It's really cool. Kind of like McCartney, Emmett Rhodes, late, mid to late 70s. But these kids, like, give me so much hope for the future. Like, it's all on them. Like, politically or musically? Musically. <laughs> like, they can save rock and roll. Yeah. They've got... I mean, this song doesn't really show it as much. It's just a fun song. Their, their band that they play with is also fairly young, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is yeah, the, another The cool... keyboardist that they play with um, has his own band, too. Um, what does he go by? Dr. Ash, what is his name? I'm spacing on it right now. But they've been playing with him since middle school. Yeah. That's what I, I thought that was really cool, if they didn't have a you know paid paid band as their yeah. backing band. They were all, they were all fairly young. Yeah, it's just a bunch of kids that are best friends on the road. And it's cool because the brothers seem like they get along pretty well, and they seem to be competitive with each other enough to push push each other. Jay, this is technically your pick, so you can introduce it. Yeah, so this is uh, Michel Roux. No, that's not how right? it's pronounced. It's not? Oh, Michael Roux. I mean, he's, he's Canadian, but he's not French-Canadian. <laughs> Uh, he's from Toronto, I believe. Is that where he's from in Canada? It's kind of all the same. I mean, it's the, one of those regions. The uh, Great North. Yeah, and this is called "Sleep with Me." Uh, this this track is called "Sleep with Me." Uh, Mike, Would you, Michael Rolt? Yeah. Would you do it, Jay? With Michael? Would you sleep with him? Uh, yeah. He's got a cute toque. He's got nice hair. Yeah, he's got. He seems like, and he seems like he. Occasionally shower, so yeah, why not? <laughs> he wears the uh, the Canadian tuxedo fairly yeah. well. So. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is another band that uh, was it the 2017 South by that we saw mm -hmm. them. No, it would have been 16, 16, 16. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was the highlight of 2016 South by was Michael Waltz's band. Yeah, and it, it was even greater, uh, better because John's doppelganger was playing bass for him. Mm -hmm. uh, which I think was the inspiration for John picking up the bass now. Exactly. He saw what he could be. Now, they he said, had... I can do that. That guy looks like me with a bass. Yeah. Never thought about myself as a bass player. What is the connection with this um, is it Daptone Studios? I don't, I don't know if it's players of the studio or both. Well, he's he's playing this record himself. Yeah. He's doing it. Okay. He didn't bring a band or players. Like he's tracking everything, but it's the studio. Bass and drums too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This 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 excites the hell out of me because that last record was pretty cool. I liked it. It kind of grew on me. Mm -hmm. But the production of this song. And like the the strings and there's like three really great hooks in this song. This could be like the best album for 2018 yep. when it comes out. Like probably the thing I'm most excited about right now. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, the, yeah, the same Sam Avian Birthday Club's new album. Yeah, there could be some good stuff coming in 2018. So what are you looking forward to in 2018? <laughs> that's a dumb inside joke. Dumb. Yeah, for for all those people that have seen the four hour cut of the Angel Dust um, making of Angel Dust of, from 1992. Oh wait, speaking of that dumb uh, making of Angel Dust documentary, uh, this track is called "Stranger Be Forgotten" by the Temples. Just Temples. The Temples. The Temples. So, the funny story with this is that when I picked this album up, Half Price Books down here was having a discount sale on some new stuff, and I thought I was picking up the new Tame Impala and just kind of giving it a chance for 10 bucks. <laughs> I'd mix these two bands up now, like two... I guess they're... Is Temples Australian or UK? I think they're UK and Tame Impala is Australian, but yeah, just two bands that kind of made like a weird turn toward synth pop. But I actually like this album more than, than the new Tame Impala. Do, are there any guitars on this record? <laughs> Tame Impala lost me when they when uh, Kevin Parker pawned his guitar for like another ten synthesizers <laughs> that make dance beats. It's it's good. It's just not for me. Yeah. I'm were, a rock and roller. The guitars are just getting too heavy to carry around, Keith. I don't know, man. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen friends of mine hauling their Junos around town. It does not look fun. They have like road cases with yeah. wheels on them, or no road case, which is even worse. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, when when Star Parks had to go on tour through Europe, and and our keyboardist Nathaniel had to bring two of his keyboards with him, and, and we're like going on trains and all this stuff, and he got left behind one time because his stuff was too big. Guitars for the win, you guys. You can wear them on your back. <laughs> I haven't heard this. I'll have, to, I'll have to give it a play. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I have the previous Temples record, and I really like it. Sun Structures. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to this one. They, they put on a good show at South By. They had a lot of backing tracks going, though, I have to say. Where old. did you see them? Um, Hotel San Jose in that parking lot where I also saw uh, was that just last year we saw Lemon Twigs was that the same? it wasn't the same year oh okay um, yeah cause I thought Temples was cool and then all of a sudden I realized like oh cool all their backing harmonies are on tape yeah and, uh, a lot of other synth sound I mean it's fine when bands do that I'm just just a little disappointing Yeah, this is the last song on the album, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, like this I guitar said. solo is going to be bitching. <laughs> Wait for it. You're going to be waiting for a while. Yeah, I'll let the bar the record. Okay.
just love the fucking 80s so much. I don't love 80s music. I'm nostalgic about the movies. And Christmas commercials from the 80s. My recollect recollection of music in the 80s was ridiculous guitars. <laughs> Guitar sounds. I'm going to go make some uh, warm tea while Keith uh, intros this next track. Yeah, me too. Yeah? So this is the latest Fleet Foxes record after a six-year hiatus. So uh, their singer and songwriter, Robin Pecknold, could go to uh, grad school in New York. And they lost um, Josh Tillman, who was their drummer, never Father John Misty. Nope, never and he was also their um, <laughs> high harmony singer. Kind of tied them, tied the band together, maybe. Did it not. This, this, what's that? Did it not. It did. Um, this... This is the second track. I mean, there's like multiple movements. Like the, the first track is like three different movements. Um, but this is Cassius. So do you know what the deal is with the punctuation, the comma, minus, and then the next track having the dash? No. I thought it was like some kind of weird glitch, but Yeah, well, like everything up to the fourth track, um, flows into you know it's it's almost like an old prog record mm -hmm. or a classical piece. You know what's actually really interesting? I just learned this. The last track on Helplessness Blues mm -hmm. was um, oh, it was the the, the track something about an ocean, grown ocean. Yeah. So um, that that track ends, and it and it was intended for the first track on this new record, Crack Up, to start right where that one left off. Oh, yeah. yeah, after that. Now, this album's pretty interesting. I, I was a little bored with it at first. Like, the first listen, I didn't really think after six years they were doing anything very too interesting. Yeah. I thought maybe they would, like, take a leap and, and take some chances. But then after listening to it a few times, it's a pretty weird record. I think that they did, they did uh, challenge themselves, or he did. I definitely need to spend more time with it. I was really, I was really into the Helplessness okay. Blues. Yeah, that's a great and, record. And I, yeah. I guess I just... I heard an interview with um, Josh Tillman like when he left to go for Father John Misty. And it was just kind of... left a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this this band and Grizzly Bear are like two bands that I kind of take for granted. Like they put out albums and they don't immediately catch me, and then I don't spend the proper amount of time. But usually they eventually, like I eventually give them their due and they grow on me. Yeah. Well, I had an experience with this record. Probably the, I mean, definitely the coolest thing I did in 2017. I drove out to see the um, Total Solar Eclipse. Mm -hmm. in Silva, North Carolina, which is like an hour and a half from Asheville, uh, where my wife's parents and family live. So I was like driving through the, um, the Smoky Mountains. I listened to this album like a couple times, like straight through. Yeah. It was um, 
just incredible. Because as soon as you catch on to, the, to these hooks and you kind of anticipate the, the, the movements that are coming, it's pretty great. Mm. And it sounds really, really nice. They, they have a, obviously they have a new drummer, I don't know his name, but but he actually, you know, plays the kit a bit more than, uh, I mean, I loved, I loved the way uh, Tillman kind of played the, the kit like a, almost like an orchestra pit. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty inspiring. This part's great. I think that's what what happened to me with the Helplessness Blues records is I went on a road trip and I just I listened to it like two or three times and I was like whoa this is really cool <laughs> that's a quick transition John oh yeah yeah I guess the songs kind of bleed into each other yeah they don't work <laughs> in a playlist well yeah, this is uh, White Reaper. The song called Judy French. You gotta pick the energy back up. Yeah. So this is probably the song that I've listened to the most this year. I just, if I need to like cancel out noise around me or just need a song to wake me up on my drives, like this is the song that usually goes on. We saw them at, uh, at Spider House during South By this year. Another South By band. Yeah, and they were having... Uh young touring band issues i believe yeah what happened like he ended up i don't know if like if the strap broke or his, like he, he ended up like down on the ground like playing guitar like he wasn't able to stand up the singer i think his guitar strap broke and then their bass player had an issue too oh yeah and so it was just it was i like their enthusiasm yeah it was definitely uh young band issues i think yeah was this the band that covered uh third eye blind the band that no, didn't. that was Diarrhea Planet, oh. but yeah, same, yeah, same vein. Yeah, the, yeah, same, same, same vibe. Um, yeah, this is off an album called The World's Best American Band, so they're not uh, short in the confidence department. Yeah, I will say they played through the uh, couple of issues that they had during their set uh, with some pretty good, pretty good confidence that, that carried them through. Yeah, I guess they're on tour with Spoon right now. Is that right? Yeah. There was a there was a local band that played the same bill as them. Kind of. Guitar solo. You want a guitar solo? <laughs> I want a Jim Campo uh, guitar solo. I was gonna say Magic Rockers played mm. that same show. I, for me, they they were the deepest band of their own. Yeah, I don't know. There's just not enough of this kind of like Thin Lizzy, just that type of just old. I don't know what you call this. It does make me want to raise my beer can. Yeah. 
Magic Rockers is that uh, the Texas local band, right, Keith? Yeah, I know. I could have I could have gone all uh, Austin band 2017. Maybe we could do a pod on that sometime. Yeah. Just do some. There's so much so much good music came out of this town this last year. Yeah, yeah Austin doesn't yeah. get enough uh, press about their music. Scene. I don't think the right bands are, are being. You don't get to hear about them unless you live here. Don't move here, Jay. It's not that cool. Oh, so here's another uh, South by find, and this is also at uh, Hotel San Jose for me. Uh, this is the Big Moon with uh, Sucker off of their. This is actually their first uh, LP called Love in the Fourth Dimension. They are from the UK, and they're a four-piece uh, all ladies. Did you know about them before South by? No, no. I I actually saw them. They played right before the Lemon Twins, so I got to. Yeah, I was there for that. Yeah, and they were really good. Yeah, they have. They just like are. They create really good hooks and, and really good pop music, and uh, it's all fun. And and I feel like a. I almost put this on the guilty pleasure, or guilt free pleasure playlist that we had. Yeah, but. Uh, I really dig it, and it's a fun record. And their videos are really fun too. They show that they have a good sense of humor. And, uh, yeah, some some say we didn't go guilty enough with that playlist. Yeah, that's because they were guilt free. Yeah, but we could have gotten a lot nerdier. Yeah. This isn't the song they had the music video for that we like. Is it like paint was being thrown on? It was kind of like a no, low budget. I believe thing. that was uh, for their song Cupid. Yeah, I like that song a little more than this one, but this song grew on me once I listened to it a couple times in the playlist. Yeah, I just like the the, the little melody, like the, uh, I'll, I'll point it out when it comes up right after this chorus. And there's a really good guitar part. Definitely sounds like some South by Jams, okay? Yeah, it's fun. Did uh, John go to get uh, some more drinky drinks? Uh, I, 
Yeah, we still have one here on, on ice. I think he went for some other reason. They better get back, because his pick's coming up, and if he doesn't get back, I'm going to skip it, because of the horrible time I had last time I saw them. <laughs> Where was that? Uh, they played at uh, the old Cheer Up Charlie's. And, mm. I, and I think I was... Oh, that building was demolished. Yeah. Right. John, it's your pick. What, Father John Misty? Why are you giving spoilers, bro? Oh, it's the moon, honey. I was, before you got back, I was making a reference to when we saw them play at the uh, old Cheer Charlie's. Yeah. And I was, for Wonder some land. reason, I was not, I was not in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they wore on everybody. They had a... Uh... Had some goodwill going for the first two or three songs, and then got a little abrasive. I also think I had been, uh, we had been out for the day for so long, and I had been drinking so long that I was in that, already getting hungover on the same day. So I was... Yeah. No, that show was at least at midnight, maybe 1 a.m., Yeah, if I remember right. Yeah, but this is the first thing they've recorded since, um, they're a, uh... I want to say Baton Rouge. No, maybe Lafayette. But they're a Louisiana band that's out in L.A. now. Um, the lead singer and guitar player are like the, the meat of it. And uh, they've carried a couple players, lost a couple people over the uh, over the years. But So yeah, so they're kind of like a whole new band now. And this is the first single off the upcoming album. Yeah, I've probably seen them live half a dozen times now. I went and saw them on my own at uh, Bohawk inside. What are you trying to say? Dude, I, I took my mom to a, a house party with yeah. like a bunch of 21-year-olds to go see them <laughs> the first time. To go see Moon Honey? Yeah, at a house party. It was a Sunday after on, South yeah, By. Yeah, it was oh, like a day oh, party. Right. Just people sitting out by the pool smoking pot. <laughs> and... uh friend of mine will rhodes was running sound was he really yeah and he just went right up to the front their guitar player do you know the guitar player's name in this band no andrew i mean he's got he's got some guitar moves he's definitely like a real moves and yeah like yeah theatrical no he's got chops and he also has yeah yeah like he looks like jeff beck but he moves like Omar Rodriguez Lopez, which is like the Mars Volta. Yeah, with, with like Hendrix's, Hendrix's wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fantastic guitar player. Like, he's doing stuff I can't even understand what he's doing. But I don't really hear it as much when I listen to the record. Yeah. But when I'm watching him live, I'm like, yeah, he's, he's technically. Yeah, this really is fun. The, That's all I watch. Yeah, this first single, it kind of gives me a little bit of hope <clears throat> from a production standpoint. But yeah, they, they were always such a better live band. But apparently not in y'all's opinion. I think I just need to get used to the uh, the vocal delivery. Yeah. Like, I'm sure once you know the songs, I was just so tuned into the guitar. Mm-hmm. 
Did you say this is a full length beta fish? No, this is just the first single, like the first thing they've released from from in, the new record. Right. Got it. Yeah, they haven't had a record out in four or five years now. Next one is uh, John's pick. John's John's favorite band. Can you guys uh, do a quick intro, and I'll be right back. I'm gonna go grab another uh, another beer. Cool. Yeah. Jay hates him too. <laughs> yeah, I got a thing in the other room. Okay. Well, I'll tell you why I put this on the playlist. I'm not a Father John Misty fan. I heard this song from the start. In the car after a show at Mohawk, it was like probably two in the morning, and I, I knew pretty much right away that it was Father John Misty, <laughs> but I just listened to it with an open mind, and uh, like musically, this is one of the coolest songs I've heard this year. Just mu- like the feel of it. It feels like it could have been on uh, Fiona Apple's Extraordinary Machine, like the drums some of the, the the feel and a lot of the fills sound to me like heavily influenced by Matt Chamberlain mm-hmm. and uh, there's like some George Harrison inspired diminished shit going on I think his voice sounds really good on it too there's just like every once in a while he, he spits out a lyric that just kind of rubs you unless you're really into it but yeah. for me some yeah, it's not even like a lyric sometimes. Sometimes it's just like a certain word or just phrasing mm-hmm. or something. It's just really just it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. But yeah, he has, a, either... he, has, he has a great vocal tone. And yeah, obviously the production and songwriting is yeah. top notch. Yeah. I'm surprised I don't like him more. I, it's just something that's always rubbed me the wrong way. And I've got friends that, that um, you know, lo- love him and have explained to me what's so great about it. I mean, I, I think musically it's... It's freaking fantastic, yeah. And and actually seeing the Fleet Foxes live without him made me realize how valuable he was to that band. Like to have his really strong har- high harmony on songs like Health and Sis Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't have that right now. They're a little bit weaker live than they were with him. He's a great drummer too. He's not playing drums on this record though. I looked at, I looked into it. I can't find out exactly who did play on the record. But he said in an interview that, you know, he put a band together for the studio. He tracked all the basic tracks live, 
Um, I mean, and this is a pretty sparse instrumentation, so this is probably mostly just one one take altogether. I, I personally, I I really love the Fear Fun record because I thought it was not to use the word again, but I thought it was kind of a fun record, and it had like a lot of like country influence. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was different at that in. 2011 or 2012 whenever that came out but Hmm. I dislike him in interviews which killed it for me (laughs) like for some reason I just can't like him as a person no I would love like it's like hip hop albums they would do like instrumental versions on vinyl like I would really buy a, a double LP instrumental release of this would be great it's funny because I'm I'm a music first guy, like I I was almost like raised not to listen to the lyrics because I otherwise my parents would take away my Guns N' Roses tape, like <laughs> they did one time. My dad was like, well, "Just I don't want to hear you repeating this." And I don't even know what it was, <laughs> what it was, but yeah, lyrical content's always like the last thing that I notice. Yeah, um, but he's but so, he's so he dry in his delivery. Exactly yeah. that like you can't not hear it. Exactly. Maybe it's great. I don't know. But I, I've heard some other stuff from this record. And I think, like, uh, sonically, it's it's awesome. Now, anytime I've tuned into KETX and there'll be one of his songs and I'll tune in just in an instrumental, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, this is great. And then I realize what it is right before his vocal comes in, vocal comes in, and it like, fucking kills my boner. No, I was just I was just glad that I, I made it through the whole song. I just sat there in the parking space. I was like, I like Father John Misty right now. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. I'm still your friend. Thanks, dude. I'd be interested to find out who did play on, on this record. Yeah. One of the great mysteries. Mm-hmm. Now to something awesome. Alright, my dudes. It's time to pick the energy back up. Shit. And this is Date with the Devil by Mutoid Man, which is off their uh, Warmones LP, which is their second, third release, but their second LP. Their first release was a EP. It's just fucking awesome. So the leader of this band is uh, Steven Brodsky, for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. You'll never hear his name ever again on this podcast. So. Probably but already heard it too many times. The three times of us would podcast. agree that Brodsky <laughs> is a Godsky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nailed it. So, yeah. so Brodsky's guitar, uh, and he's from Caven, for those who don't know. And then also uh, the drummer is uh, Ben Kohler from Converge. So they're the, uh, the bo- and the bass player is some guy <laughs> that worked at St. Vitus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that worked. At, that worked as a as a sound guy in Brooklyn. This is the most fun metal band you'll ever see. Yeah. You have to see them live. 
was one of the most fun shows I've ever seen was the opening night of Sidewinder on Red River. And the AC was broken. It was like August. Ugh. And uh, they're just sweating everywhere and killing it. They did an Animals cover. Yeah. Uh, what did they do? Don't let me do it. misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so entertaining. Like they made any other band that like thought that they were... Because it's so tongue-in-cheek too. They're like almost making fun of what they're doing. But while kicking ass at the same time. Yeah. Like you know... Yeah. If there's an open riff that they're just chugging away, they're flicking each other off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just such a party up there. It's so good to see Brodsky have some success with it too. Yeah. yeah. I would like a I would like a solo Brodsky record. Dude's a musical chameleon. Yeah. He's not just a metal, metal, metal guy. I feel like it's kind of good that he's got this outlet that maybe Caven will go back to. Well, they a little they, a little less of their metal roots. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they had a. A practice or something over the holidays. I saw mm-hmm. on, the, on the Instagram. We don't. None of us follow him or anything. No. Yeah. No. I mean, I would, we, yeah. We don't keep up with what no. he's doing at all. I would never stalk and stab him in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something he ever said. Oh, I recognize that bass drum pattern. Oh, on this one? Yeah, so we're on to the next track. Uh, this is Glassjaw uh, off their latest uh, material, material mm-hmm. control. Uh, and I, I guess we would just be remiss if we didn't mention a Glassjaw release in 2017. Uh, How long has it been? I think it's 2012. Yeah, they had a couple EPs. They had that. Um, they had EPs. Color, color green. Yeah, the color green was in coloring book. We're both in, I think, like 20, 2011. But the last LP was Worship and Tribute from two thousand two. So it's been fifteen years since their last food. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, hey, Keith W, have you heard this yet? No, this Send me a text when you listen to the pod. Tell me if you've heard the new Blast doll. It's huge. Tips are bullshit. Like wall. Yeah, if you want to work out to something, or if you want to go into the um, the industrial size ice cream freezer and just rock out while you're pulling boxes at Cherry Zone. This is heavy, man. It. I. This is so. This is the opening track off off the new record, and yeah. I was. I had I had kind of kept myself away from any any teasers or anything, and when I when it was released, I put it on and pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, I didn't like anything I heard on on this like sampling it a couple times, but it was actually I think I took a couple flights like within two or three weeks, where like I just had to put earbuds in in an airport thrown out a lot of annoying bullshit so like I needed something that just did not stop which is completely noise canceling and put this on and I really got into it yeah and I'll, I'll say I think I've given the whole album to probably three full listens and I think I get like track one through six I'm I really am into and then I, I kind of lose it after that yeah yeah I listened to it all the way through at least three times on those, those two trips and 
yeah, the back end is not as weak as you would think, but yeah, those def definitely the first four or five songs are really good. That's a glass jaw breakdown. I know. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's Daryl Palumbo and uh, Justin Becker, like the two members that are kind of the, the, the mainstays, correct? Beck is the, the Justin Beck is the guitar player that stayed on because they had two guitar players originally on that first album. Yeah, and I don't I don't know who's drumming. They have, yeah, they have a new bass player, not new, but he's been with them. They definitely told if this isn't the same drummer, they told him, hey, can you just keep that bass drum coming? Just cut, 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 cut. That's hardcore, man. That's Glassjaw, man. Yeah, I think that guy's name is Larry or something. I thought it was the guy from Rival Schools. I think so, too. Okay. Bill, Bill Reimer? This really sounds like it could have been five years after Worship and Tribute. Yeah, they, they did. For being 15 years later, they, they picked up where they left off pretty good. Pretty insane. Yeah. So my brother-in-law has a pretty, pretty nice Glass Jaw hoodie that he was sporting yesterday. It's pretty good. He said they have a, yeah, I saw him at Penthouse. Oh, oh, um, other brother-in-law. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what did I say about that? Apparently, they their merch game is uh, has been sustaining them while yeah. they were waiting to put this record out. They, they sell a lot of merch, even if they're not putting out records. You know, he's got uh, another band. Like Head uh, Automatica? No. <laughs> he does have that band. But yeah, no, like a, like, like a real, like, new wave kind of dance band. Yeah? Yeah. Is it like a squeeze band? Um, yeah. Cool. I'll have to pull it up later, but... Yeah. Hero Plumbo. So since John broke the rule... Yeah, you broke the rule. This came out at the end of 2016. But, Wait, what? Well, I think, so it was a surprise record. No. This is Dr. Bell. They put out two records in 2016. Oh, did, oh I, well, it probably makes sense because you just discovered Dr. Dog in 2017. Oh, wait. That's the only way you can break the rule. Okay. Well, I didn't realize it. Um, but for the whole month of January, which is, I mean, it came out like right before the new year. It's, yeah. it's fine, Keith. So nobody, nobody heard it until 2017. But um, yeah, it was a surprise record. They just like dropped it on, on Bandcamp. Didn't even tell people they were working on an album. Because the album before this was the Psychedelic Swamp, which was like a reinterpretation of um, a demo that they made. Uh, shoot, what year would that have been? 1999? It's pretty crazy. But the cool thing about this, so the whole month of January, like they released it online to download, to, to buy it, and then they donated all their proceeds to the Southern Poverty Law Center. And this is their 10th record. And they're making records like in their own studio. I think they're releasing a new record tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next week. They're just popping them out. Yeah, they're, they're in that same camp with the, uh, yeah. here's the day. Mm -hmm. Just kind of take them for granted. Yeah. They're, they're very solid. And just don't they, they release a record every two or three months. Yeah, it's yeah. too much. <laughs> it's not too much, though. I see. It's funny. I I thought that this album, like nothing really stood out. Well, this song did. I, I thought this is beautiful. But the whole record is so good. Like it's um, it's all pretty laid back like this. But um, 
I don't know. I think it's a nice addition to their discography. After ten, yeah, to have ten records. Doctor and like the what's that? I, I was just gonna say the Doctor Dog catalog is like the perfect uh, cookout playlist. Just, cookout playlist. Yeah, you just put that on while you're all hanging yeah. outside drinking beers and. You know what the best thing about Dr. Dog's discography is? Ten albums, you could hit shuffle through the whole thing. And it's it has enough common threads with the production and the songwriting, because they've like been genuinely doing this type of music their whole lives. Like you can watch these kids like right out of high school mm-hmm. and they 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 were called um, Raccoon. Yeah. Did I say the wrong thing? No, yeah, that sounds right. Um And yeah, they They've always sounded like Dr. Dog. <laughs> they were just, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're a really fun band. Yeah, it's not the whole that they've like stuck with the same sound this long. They yeah. Just perfected it. Yeah. Yeah, they just put out fun little, fun songs. I mean, so, some of them. There's always something on every record that they like really push forward. So I'm kind of curious to see what this next this next one's going to be. So. uh... We're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, we're coming to the end of our playlist here, and, and before we get to the very last song, uh, I was thinking through it, and at first, when we started thinking through the 2017 playlist, I was not that excited about 2017 music. I couldn't really remember like what came out, and I think the Queens of the Stone Age was like the only th- the Queens of Stone Age and Warmones by Mutoid Man were like the only two things that I was like, oh, those were the only things that I really dug. And then after yeah. uh, going through the playlist with you guys and whittling it down to these, what is it, 18 tracks or 19 tracks, I mm-hmm. am a little bit more excited about 2017 music. Yeah, I don't know. Did we say that early on? Like, what? This year's actually kind of good. Yes, no. Like, when, what, once you look at the list. Yeah. And, and I think it, it, we did say that it, it sets it up for a good 2018 or an exciting 2018 with a lot more releases coming out. So, yeah, yeah, there was at least a couple picks on here that were just kind of teasers for albums that were coming out. You know, just little singles. Yeah. So, do we want to mention 50 years ago? Yes. Before we sign off. Yes. Yeah. And I think you're the one to do it. Pete. Yeah. I when when you first mentioned this in the text thread that we were going to do a 2017 releases, I was like, does it have to be songs? that first came out in 2017, or are we just talking about releases? Because the Sgt. Pepper remix that Giles Martin did was probably the coolest thing that I heard all year. Um, just going back to the original, you doing a slow clap? Okay. <laughs> in, an audible slow clap, there it is. Yeah, if anybody hasn't heard that yet, put on your good headphones, and I don't even think you need to listen to the original um, stereo version first. I mean, it's cool to compare it. But really what you would want to do is compare the the new Giles Martin mix where he went back to the, the uh, he like sourced the original tapes that haven't been even touched since they were 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so he went back and, and, and ran everything. Yeah, I, I, I assume he kind of re-piece it together. So Giles Martin is the one that uh, put together the... Isolated all the time. George Martin. George Martin's son. Yeah. Um, George Martin passed. Last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that 2017? It was either 2017 or 16. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. There's so many people we're losing. His so many son kind of yeah, has taken on the mantle of Adidas. Mm -hmm. So basically, his goal was to create the stereo version of Sgt. Pepper that would have been um, what the Beatles intended because the mono mix of Sgt. Pepper is what the actual Beatles had a hand in mixing. That was like the, yeah, that's, that's the primary mix. And there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of differences between that and the stereo version, yeah. which was, but just kind of like getting the live feel of the mono mix. Sure. But the stereo was just kind of separated out, so kind of cutting the difference and making it feel like a live band that's still getting mm -hmm. that separation. Yeah. Yeah, but also just the fact that back, you know, back 50 years ago, when you're mixing the record, I mean, a lot of the mixing, the actual movement of the faders, and uh, that's like a live, it's a performance, really. So when you do the stereo mix and the mono mix, you probably don't get the faders the same, so you're going to notice differences. Mm -hmm. And you do notice a lot of differences between the original mono and the stereo mix. So this, this new stereo mix has a lot of the, the mono, um, as far as like effects on John Lennon's vocals or uh, Lucy in the Skies, you hear a lot of the, everything just sounds more clear and upfront. Like you, you will hear things you never noticed before in, in the new mix. I don't know if it's my, if it's the Sgt. Pepper mix, but it's definitely worthy of being a Sgt. Pepper mix. <laughs> Definitely the one of the three. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've, I've heard people that are <clears throat> a little picky on new releases and Beatles. Oh, and remixing. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's whiskey but, stuff. But it's kind of it seems like it's kind of essential, which is a high bar to, to get over as far as Beatles masters. Yeah, I would like. I would love to see if he continues. I haven't heard anything about him even to any others, but anyway, that was that was the most exciting. Is there something that's like crucial about that time too, like '67, like the mono stereo kind of thing, for like where the people were involved with white albums? Oh yeah, there aren't as many. But that was just kind of like that little transition. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, the mono was still the focus. Yeah, the big differences are definitely around. Rubber Soul, uh, Revolver and Mono's. I'd like to hear like a, like a good, I would like them to do that. Uh, maybe try to get the elements of the Mono mix in stereo. But the, the Mono mix for, for Revolver seems to be the, the best one. Jay, you falling asleep? No. Yeah, do you hear Taxman and Mono? You actually hear a rock band performing. You don't just hear this uh, strange hard pin. I like those mixes too, because I grew up in no, I just, I, anyway. I just think we could do another four hours on the yeah. Beatles, the Beatles, Beatles motto. The, the Beatles pod. Yeah. Well, Keith, good for you. This is not on tape. Well, it's been fifty years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, really so that the, the Sergeant Pepper's uh, reissue was because of their fiftieth anniversary. I'm sure right. anybody who yeah. listens to anything Beatles knows that it was the fiftieth anniversary in 2017. Uh, and Sgt. Pepper's was that, that album that like, kind of started off a lot of the psychedelic and, and a lot of the other, a lot of influential uh, to other bands in that, that era. So. It's an important album for many reasons. We yeah. Pods, yeah. One thing that I'm sure there's a lot of pods like already a, made on it. 
we didn't get to do like the 50 years ago pod for yeah. because there's so many great albums in 2017. I, I wanted to do a 67 I mean, album and a 97 yeah. episode. Well, we missed 97. That's a bummer. 98 was the first. 98. 68. Spoiler. 98 was uh. Yeah, some of my favorite records. Limp Bizkit's so uh, three dollar bill, y'all. Oh, oh my. <laughs> and signing off. <laughs> All right, right, well, well, so we're going to close it out. Higher note than that. Yeah, we're going to close it out, and we're closing it out with another 2017 release, uh, which is from the band Burgess Meredith, uh, featuring uh, now John and Keith. Uh, John, you weren't on the recording. No, I I can't claim anything other than being able to execute bass parts live. Yeah, but... uh, He definitely does that very well. The other... other, uh, I guess item to note with this track is that it's off of uh, the first release of BLK Vinyl. So BLK Vinyl... 001. Yeah, BLK001 is a catalog number, and it's the uh, first release uh, as far as a distribution partner for Burgess Meredith. Uh, And we're pretty excited about that, so uh, check it out. uh, We'll leave you guys uh, with this track. So... Here's to a good 2018. Any last words, guys? Listen to the whole album. It's yeah. hard to choose. Yeah, we'll probably be putting up links to uh, to purchase the record. Uh, and please purchase it because it is the release of the OK. So <laughs> it helps yeah. everybody involved. Uh, yeah, support some local Austin music. Yeah, so this is yeah local Austin uh Everybody in on this podcast is involved in some way with the record, and uh, it's just it, we wouldn't have released it if we didn't like it as fans first, and uh, so we're happy to be a part of it. So have a good 2018, and we'll uh, catch you guys on the next next podcast. Love you. Bye. Bye.